old building entirely just crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I I really need to leave. So the fences informed me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I I see some people running now. And the opinion of this reporter, if this nation or in fact the world ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. And firestormfan.com. I'm one of your hosts, the irredeemable Shag from Firestorm Fan. Along with me, as always, is my co-host, the irremovable Rob Kelly from Aquaman Shrine. Good morning, Rob. <laughs> yes, I am. I am rooted into my chair, and no one's going to get me out of it until the show is over. <laughs> you pry this chair from my cold, dead butt. Anyway, um, we are recording in the wee hours of the morning, folks. So um, if we sound sleepy, we are. Yes, <laughs> yeah. We're not acting. We actually are sleeping. We are sacrificing our own beauty sleep for you people at home. Yes. That's, that's the kind of dedication we bring to this show. And for those of you that have seen me, you know, I can't really afford to do that, so I hope you're <laughs> I, on the other hand, am a, am a supermodel, so I'm, I, I've got some to spare. So, um, <laughs> folks, George Clooney. <laughs> folks, today we are going to be covering uh, – well, we've got a lot of comics to cover this month because Aquaman is – Having this little thing going on, Rob. He's having a little party. Is that right? That's right. His first, the first Aquaman-led multi-book crossover DC has ever done. Oh my gosh! Big, 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 big time. It is called the Throne of Atlantis. Now, that's not to be confused with the commode in your bathroom. It's a different kind of throne. So, uh, the, so far we have gotten, I guess, two and a half issues if you count the previous one as a prelude. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you would count the prelude. Would that be a full issue in the crossover? Yeah, okay. I don't. I don't know what they consider that. So. All right. Well, last month we talked about Aquaman fourteen, which was a prelude. Now this uh, this month we're going to talk. This week um, we're actually going to talk about Justice League number fifteen and Aquaman number fifteen. We are going to talk about Firestorm number fifteen, but we're going to hold that for next week. So you matchheads, uh, continue to stay on board here, though, because uh, we've got some things you might want to listen to at the end. Rob, you want to? Give them a little tease of what they should listen for at the end? Yes, absolutely. We have our first ever sponsor of the Fire and Water podcast, which is uh, popfunk.com. Uh, for those of you that follow the Aquaman Shrine, I know, Shag, that you don't, but uh, the site that I have... Huh? Uh, what? Yeah, the site that I have that is about Aquaman. Um, we're doing a special thing with them offering uh, Shrine readers 
a discount. So we're doing, we worked out something similar, something even a little more exciting. And so we, we want everyone to stay uh, through to the show all the way to the end when you find out all the details of what we're doing with uh, Pop Punk. And how it could benefit you at home. Absolutely. Yes. So, uh, with that said... Um, we should mention the listener feedback. We're going to be doing, like I said, we're going to be covering um, Justice League number 15 and Aqua number 15 because it, these storylines are so intertwined that we felt like we shouldn't ignore Justice League. So we're not going to be doing listener feedback this time. We're going to do, as Shag mentioned, Firestorm number 15 in the next episode and then do a ton of listener feedback then to catch up in the next episode with when we do Firestorm. And let me save Andy Capellish some finger-typing effort. Just simmer down, young man. Simmer down. Yeah, we're going right? to do it. Relax. We'll to <laughs> Go listen to Michael Bailey's podcast. He's doing feedback from a year ago. <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing too bad. Slam. Well, nice. I love that. Just, you know, in the first four minutes, just lash out at our fellow <laughs> podcast community. I think that's great. <laughs> I also have to apologize. I'm still a little sick. So my, I'm going to be probably coughing a little bit more in my, my normally sexy voice is either less sexy or more sexy, depending on your point of view. So I apologize for that. You know, I think you ought to just pre-record some statement apologizing for being sick, and you can just play it at the beginning of every episode. That's a good idea. You're, like, sick all the time. I am. I am. Take some damn vitamins and shut up. I'm about to die. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. Uh, we're going to start off uh, talking about Justice League number 15. And this is technically... Throne of Atlantis. Uh, is it chapter one or part one? Well, it's funny. They mix it up. Um, That's what I thought. That's exactly <laughs> why I'm checking. And apparently it's a lot of pages in to get to it. In, this, in, hey, in this Justice League, it, yeah, in Justice League, it's chapter one. In Aquaman, it's part one, part two. So, <laughs> Considering it's by the same writer. Yeah, he uh, needs to proofread that, I'd say. <laughs> right. Um, okay, folks. So um, we're just going to do a real high-level recap, and then we'll dive in and do some analysis. So... Um, you know, Justice League, for those, by the way, for those of you who haven't been reading Justice League, it's now time to start picking it up. <laughs> you haven't missed all that much. <laughs> and, and and it's not just because, quote-unquote, the boys, the art team from Aquaman has moved over. This book, it, it came alive, this issue. It really did. So, uh, just a brief recap. What The, the story starts with an aircraft, uh, a U.S. aircraft carrier out in the ocean that's getting ready to do some tests, and all of a sudden a number of their missiles take off, just launch uncontrollably. They don't know why, and they launch, and they they go up and back down into the ocean. And they think they've just, the missiles misfired and have struck the ocean. Unfortunately, it, it looks like it has struck an Atlantis city. Um, so that that's going to be the impetus, actually, for everything that's about to happen. So you get a couple nice scenes of Clark Kent and, uh, and Prince, I'm sorry, I was going to say Princess Diana. Technically, I guess she's one. <laughs> Wonder Woman at this point, but Clark Kent and Diana in Smallville, where he kind of is explaining to her about his secret identity and why he does it, and actually suggests she give it a try, gives her a pair of glasses. Then we get a nice scene with Cyborg, who is talking to his dad um, about some of the issues going on, and all of a sudden there's power failures in a lot of different places across the country, including in Gotham City, where Batman is hunting down a couple of Scarecrow's goons, and while he's battling them, uh, looks like they're about to get the best of him. And uh, some guy who can talk to fish uh, shows that's right. up. Here's your, there, here's your moment, people. <laughs> Aquaman saves Batman's butt. Yay! All the Batman fans would say he would knew Aquaman was in the water and planned on just letting Aquaman handle those henchmen because they weren't worth his time. What are you doing? Why are you trying to pit people against each other? I'm just saying he's Batman. Come on. He's used to having a partner watch his back. I'm just saying. 
So we get some talky talky, uh, and then Mara shows up, which is always nice. You betcha. Boy, it's nice here too. She makes a comment. I, I, you know, normally I'd get into the commentary later, but I gotta say this: she shows up, and it's she's just strikingly gorgeous. She's got a new cut to her outfit, so her boobs are just wow. Anyway, um, and her arms are bare. That's the other. I think that's the main sort of change because her chest was sort of revealed. In her other oh, costume. was it? Okay, a little bit. Well, it's it's sexy. It's and and she knows it because um, everyone's just looking at her sort of speechlessly, and she actually says speechless. <laughs> Just a little wet, I guess. It's just, I mean, she, she knew that she uh, she caught their breath. So, anyway, something is sort of happening. They, they see the water is rising. Uh, Batman and Aquaman that air in Gotham. Something, they start to see that. Meanwhile, um, in Atlanta, I'm sorry, in Metropolis, Clark Kent and Diana Prince are out to dinner. This is her first time ever dressing up in, in disguise, and she's just loving it. Because she's having dinner with Clark, and nobody's even noticing them. She's never been in that sort of situation. She thinks it's great. And it's actually a sort of a nice, touching, romantic moment between the two. Um, believable. Then you get your wham page. You get your. Go. This is the page that Reese and Prado and Reese are famous for over in Aquaman. You get your two page spread that just makes you actually go, <gasps> and it is that aircraft carrier riding the, the top of an enormous tidal wave as it's starting to crash through Metropolis. Metropolis is getting a tidal wave smashing through the city and is being led by an aircraft carrier that's actually on fire. It's a... Wow, that's a stunning page. We'll talk more about it later. I'm sorry. So Superman and Wonder Woman jump into action. They're trying to stop the aircraft carrier. Um, Along with this, you know, Metropolis is beginning to drown, including Lois Lane. They halt the progress of the aircraft carrier. At least I assume they do. Now you mention it. Superman may have just left it to go save Lois. I'm not sure. Actually, it looks like they impale it upon a building. That was nice of them. <laughs> so they go they go to go rescue Lois. They don't get there in time, but Volko shows up and actually saves Lois Lane. Our hero. I know. Volko. And, and then we <laughs> click back to Gotham City where they're getting a tidal wave, and uh, Aquaman is uh, terrified. He realizes, and this is where I'll read it to you, he goes, this is a first strike, an initial attack flooding the most heavily populated areas, a direct assault, uh, ground assault is next. My God, they're following the Atlantean war protocols, or plans. Batman says, how do you know? And, he, and Aquaman says, because I wrote them. <laughs> and, you get, yeah, and you get this awesome great page at the end, which I thought they were seeing, but it turns out they, they're not. Um, it's of Ocean Master commanding this huge force of Atlanteans. I mean, you've got ground soldiers, you've got underwater vehicles, you've got like these cool crawling crab monsters. It's a really amazing army that Ocean Master's commanding, and it's clearly a, uh, they're under the ocean and he's sort of saying, forward! kind of thing. It's, uh, it's really good. And then um, there is a backup story here, Shazam Chapter 8. We're not going to cover it for the purposes of this podcast, but I will tell you, um, I'm I'm really growing to like the Shazam backups in Justice League. When they first started, I didn't really care for them. I didn't really care for the Billy Batson character because he was a bit of a dick. And now, probably somewhere around Chapter 6 or 7, I'd say, this strip has really grown on me. I'm really enjoying it. I'm I'm getting to understand now the journey that Billy Batson's going to go through to become Shazam here. And And Gary Frank's art is just amazing. So, anyway... That's Justice League in summary. Uh, yeah, I, um, I mean, we've mentioned Justice League before, 
and I've been buying it because Aquaman is in it, but I never really thought it was particularly very good, and I didn't t- totally understand that because I thought Jeff Johns was rocking it over an Aquaman. So I'd never understood why Justice League seemed so sort of like static and talky and not even talky, just sort of boring. Uh, but this issue, I really felt like it came alive. And I mean, I know that I'm prejudiced because, um, you know, the, it was the first issue done by Ivan Reese, Joe Prado and Rod Reese, praise be their name. And uh, oh, my know. gosh. All right. Now, hold on a minute. <laughs> the guys are great. But I know, I'm just kidding. You can't steal Jose Garcia. No, Lopez. I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just Praise kidding. His name's Thunder. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. We, we, that's reserved only for for him and maybe Jerry Wardway. But um, I wouldn't. I would not argue that. Yeah, there you go. Um, but but I really feel like that uh, those guys bring out the best in Jeff Johns. I I, I I have no idea whether he wrote these scripts, this Throne of Atlantis thing, with them in mind. You know, like he when he came up to the idea, it was knowing that they were going to do it. But I just think that. He, I don't know, I just think this is probably the best script that the book has had to this point, and then the guys really, really bring it off. So, I don't know, I just think they are a great, great combo. And this was the first issue to me of Justice League that, that hinted at the possibilities of what this book could be and what Justice League as a comic could be, in terms of how big it'd be, how fun it would be, and how, um, you know, interesting to watch everybody interact. I, I couldn't agree more about the quality of this issue. I, uh, I've been reading Justice League since the beginning. I... I did not care for the first six issues. Uh, it was a little shaky during the next storyline. But actually, I felt like the book has gotten better since then. Uh, after the oh, – I'm, I, I can't come up with the villain's name real quick. But the uh, Graves. After the Graves oh, storyline yeah, yeah, Justice Graves. League. Yeah. I and mean, Graves wasn't bad. It was actually pretty good. There was actually some character moments that, that I enjoyed. Um, but after Graves, I feel like the book's actually gotten much, much better. Even the Tony, Dan- Tony Daniels were, were better. But this is leaps and bounds beyond – all of that. This is, this reminds me of, I'll finish any one of these sentences anytime now. I promise. I'll pick just one you of them. You haven't finished one from previous episodes, so i got to get to that. Probably true. Uh, Jeff Johns, to me, like, he peaked during his original JSA run. That's, that was always kind of, for me, his, the pinnacle of his stuff. And uh, other people may argue it was his Green Lantern work, you know, or, or his Superman work, whatever. But for me, it was the JSA work. And he wrote an amazingly dynamic team book. And this book hasn't felt that way until now. This feels like an, a, a group of individual people that happen to be on a team together. And I felt like I got to know three or four of them better in this issue alone than I have the entire series. I mean, one page with Cyborg. One page! That's all he got, really, of character development. And that l- jumped his character forward in my mind so far. It's ridiculous. Uh, I feel like I'm connected to this character now, whereas I have not this entire series. Anyway, I, I, I was really impressed. I, I loved the quiet character moments. I thought they really added to the book. Not just the crossover, but the book to the characters in the Justice League series. And um, I, I'm just I'm totally wowed by it. I, I keep wanting to not give credit to the art for it because I like... I find it hard to believe that an art team can change writing that much. You know, because the art happens after the writing. Right. But maybe it is. Maybe, maybe. Or I, I'm trying also not to be biased because, I, you know, obviously I love these guys as artists. And, God, this book's just so good. <laughs> I know. I'm not, I'm not doing a very good job describing it. Um, you want to just kind of go section by section and then we can kind of come back? Yeah, well, I guess before I should, uh, I don't want to forget this. Uh, the book came with uh, multiple covers, as, as as usual with any of these books now. And there's a um, 
there's the cover by the boys, which is great, which fits Shazam into it, which is a bit of a cheat because he's not on the team. He's in the yeah. book, but he's not on the team. But I love seeing Shazam as part of the Justice League. But anyway, there's a cover by those guys where Aquaman is leading the charge, as he should. Yep. But then there's I, a, I think that's the main cover. No? Yeah, that's the main cover. And then the variant cover, there's a great one, which is by Billy Tucci, which is um, sort of a sort of parody, I guess, sort of Japanese block print type thing with, of them fighting off the giant wave, which is a really beautiful. I really love that, that alternate cover. If you haven't had a chance to see it, you find it online. It's really, really pretty. It, it'll be on our Tumblr as well. Okay. Uh, what's, oh, what's, the, what's the Tumblr address? Uh, Fireandwaterpodcast.tumblr.com um, Yeah, I mean, it's... The the, the stuff with um, Superman and Wonder Woman, uh, the previous issues with them together, that stuff put my, set my teeth on edge. I thought those oh. were so <laughs> awkward, and everybody was posing, and it did look... But these... these the, the, the boys are really good at... Uh, really simple human interactions as much as they are good at the big comic book action stuff they're also good at quiet stuff and these scenes with Clark and Diana were the first time where they I don't know they, they weren't posing at one another they actually were sort of using body language that regular people would use so when that scene that, that scene comes early on in the book when that first scene sort of worked for me I was like oh this is a change you know I was like oh I'm actually looking forward to seeing these two interact as opposed to having them stand there and sort of pout at one another the scene where Superman's buttoning his shirt and then he's tossing his hair especially jumped out at me because, as you mentioned, they're not posing. I mean, in some of the previous issues of Justice League, it did look like each panel was a, a small pinup. Yeah, and these, these weren't pinup. These weren't pinup panels. These were motion panels. He's yeah. buttoning his shirt. He's tossing his hair. There's nothing fancy about the panel, but it tells you what's going on in the story. It's really effective. All right, I have to. I, ha- I just noticed something. Okay, I got to. Sh- I got to look at this. All right, check out the panel where he's buttoning his shirt. Yes. All right. Take notice of his collar. He does not have a Mandarin collar. No, he doesn't. Oh, you're right. You he can does. see the Superman shirt underneath. He does not have a Mandarin collar. And then take note later on when they're eating dinner, and they go. Um, they, they Superman and, and Wonder Woman jump into action. Superman's uh, Superman costume is sort of materializing. Oh yeah, you're right. But it's only his collar that's materializing. Huh. Well, right, so I wonder he has it later on. Yeah, like I, I was, I thought his whole suit was materializing underneath. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Maybe it's just the collar that wow. goes away, comes back. That's a very specialized suit. <laughs> well, everyone in the DCU apparently has to have Mandarin collars nowadays. Um, <laughs> by uh, by some sort of edict of the U.S. government, all what? superheroes have to wear the Mandarin new Fifty Two. It's all about the collars. Batman's actually got a Mandarin collar underneath his cowl, I think. So. That was a joke. Okay. Thanks for telling me that. Um, Thanks for laughing. It always works better when you have to tell someone. <laughs> it hurts to laugh. I'm sorry. I like uh, I like the 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 henchman for Scarecrow. Scarecrow. The big. I don't know if that's a. I don't know if those kind of masks, those crow masks, have been around. But I think those are cool. I really <laughs> like that. They're kind of goofy and scary at the same time. Exactly. It's like you know when a bank robber shows up. Wearing a Nixon mask, it's silly, but he's holding a gun in your face. <laughs> so it's sort of goofy and scary at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Mira showing up in the book. I think that's great. I mean, I, I don't. I, I think it would be great if she was in the Justice League. I think that would add a nice, a nice dynamic to it. Um, but I, you know, it just sort of, it's. I, I sort of. I've always liked those issues of the old Justice League series where sort of supporting characters from the individual books would show up because it was sort of like a reminder, like, oh, these people have their own lives outside of the Justice League. So. It's cool seeing Mira and Volko show up. And Volko's, Volko saves Lois Lane's life. I know. And I, w- I was excited to see Lois Lane in the book because, it like, 
it sort of nods that maybe Superman and Wonder Woman aren't going to be a permanent thing. Or, or maybe it's, at least Jeff Johns, you know, is saying, hey, we haven't forgot about Lois Lane. Because I'm not reading the Superman book, so I don't really know what's going on in there. So a little piece of me is sad that, you know, the romance is Superman and Wonder Woman rather than Superman and Lois Lane. But maybe this is a hint that it, maybe Lois Lane's coming down the line or that, you know, you're just supposed to wonder which way it's going to go. I don't know. But it's nice to see her around. Yeah, and it's it, and it feels like the book is covering more ground, and which is what Justice League should be. Justice League is always, is always I think, supposed to be the um, marquee book of the DC Universe, and it hasn't been for a long time in various different incarnations. It was in the original form, I would say. Or I guess you could argue Superman was always the marquee book, but Justice League was like, supposed to be. And it was so, so it's nice to fit in. Plus, you've, you know, it's covering Gotham, it's covering Boston, it's covering... Um, Metropolis. It's you know it's 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 a Atlantis. Atlantis. It's a globe-spanning book, which is what it's supposed to be. I got to tell you, earlier on, I should have mentioned this: the the scene where the missiles come down. The guy, the Atlantean riding the seahorse. That is the coolest looking seahorse I've ever seen drawn in a comic book. I mean, yeah, like, they're, that, they're great looking. That makes me be like, I want to see Storm and Imp now. You know, yeah. I was really not wanting to see Storm or Imp. Um, or I was even, like, I, it, even Siggy the Seahorse. Like, thank you. I couldn't come up with his name. <laughs> or Siggy. I, I didn't want to see them, but now it's like, I want to see Storm now. You know? Yeah. I don't, I don't want the jet ski. I want I want Storm. So he looks, oh my God, the Seahorses look cool. Yeah, I think the, the, the boys have taken a little bit from the work of um, Craig Hamilton, because Craig Hamilton really sort of like redesigned a lot of Atlantis in the that 1985 Aquaman miniseries and really kind of gave them a more fanciful dynamic look and i'm not saying they're like copying him but i think they're they're building upon what he did he was really the first guy to really um just take it and run with it and, and give it a sort of baroque ornateness that, that i thought was really very pretty and the guys have have followed that atlantis is a really cool looking place i mean you really you know it'll make a great playset. right <laughs> when the other you know in the second wave of others action figures when they do the playset. absolutely absolutely uh, c- kind of getting off that subject of speaking since you mentioned that the others have you you have heard that the the others book is happening is absolutely happening right it's absolutely happening it is absolutely happening oh my god I had not heard absolutely yes. I heard you know that they were hoping on it yes yeah? supposedly DC's going to make an announcement this month that it's absolutely absolutely happening oh my gosh yep. oh my gosh that's that insane how awesome is that oh wow has Aquaman ever had a spinoff no. Well, I guess Tempest, I mean, but Tempest. it was a miniseries. Is, is Others a miniseries or not? No, ongoing? it's a series. Who's writing it? Uh, that I don't know. I've heard rumors about who's drawing it, but I don't know. But, but DC wow. is going to announce it. That's what, can you say your rumors or not? Uh, no, because okay. I was told nope. by someone who shouldn't right. have told me. <laughs> don't, don't, don't get yourself in trouble here. <laughs> oh, right, it was Dan Diddy. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dan DiDio's dog. Yeah, yes, yes, it was. Um, but no, I, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to go ahead and move on, but I mean, yeah, you say what you got. No, 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 go, go ahead, please. Okay. Um, so I find it funny, like the scene after Aquaman helps Batman defeat the cronies, or I should say after Batman allows Aquaman to help him defeat uh-huh. the, the Scarecrow cronies. I like how their boat is like hanging, like for no apparent reason, hanging it from <laughs> rafters, like a, like a whale that was caught off a, you know, a whaling ship or something like, you know, when this one has, has a catch uh, prize catch. They hang the fish up and they stand next to it. Their boat is hanging in just such a way. <laughs> I think that's the Spider-Man method of apprehending criminals. He used to just yes. hang everybody from the webs. 
And uh, there's a good nod here to the Aqua, uh, to the Aqua shame, how the cops are making fun of Aquaman again. So that's still hanging over his head. And uh, they're trying to hint at it here like they did in the Aquaman book. So uh, I do like that. Uh, the Aqua signal and 50 pounds of fresh food into the bay. <laughs> I like Fish. the idea of the Aqua signal. They should have that. I guess so. Sure. Um, I like to. I like that the trench was hinted at here in the mm-hmm. scene. I mean, it kind of reminds you. Now, do they, I, I got to look. Do they show up in this comic? I can't no. remember. I don't think they don't know. Okay. Um, I mean, we see them in his flashback, but yeah. they don't show up. Yeah. That Mara scene, I can't get over that. Wow. Her showing up is pretty cool. They fit in. The guys fit in a lot of really powerful, like, kapow moments, considering. I mean, and yet, to me, it feels like there's more story in this issue than there was in, like, any three previous issues. But, um... I mean, the intro scene of Aquaman is powerful. The splash page where he comes up ripping through the boat. Do you notice his eyes are all black except for one little white dot? Yes, he's very mad. Um, it looks it looks cool. Yeah, oh, it looks fantastic. And then the, the shot with Mira where she shows up is great. And then the two-page, of course, as, as you mentioned before, the um, two-page spread with the um, aircraft carrier. And then, oh, my gosh. And then the full-page shot of Superman and Wonder Woman transform and going into action. So they really yeah. fit in a lot of big moments. And yet, like I said, he still feels – and then, of course, the final page. Of of the you know the uh, Ocean Masters army, yeah. But you I, know one thing we haven't specifically said. I'm sorry, I know I interrupted you there. I have to get right back to it. Um, one thing we have not said that we should have is you know we've been praising this art team for uh, a long time now. You know, uh, over a year praising this art team for their work on Aquaman and how great everyone looks. Folks, these guys draw an amazing Justice League too. Yeah, I mean, they they're Superman, they're him. Wonder Woman, they're Batman. Look dead on. Very, you know, this is what Batman should look like. This is what Wonder Woman should look like. This is what Superman should look like, at least in the New 52. They, they, they nail it. They do a really nice job. Yeah. I, I said, I, I, I'm, you know, we mentioned we've covered before. I'm sad that, you know, like they're off Aquaman, but they, they, you know, they essentially got a promotion and they made the most of it. I knew they would. I mean, I knew sure. they got it. I knew, and uh, I was lucky enough to see pages from this comic in the black and white form before it got colored and I knew how powerful it looked and I just knew well, it's going to be that much better once Rod gets his gets his markers on it um, <laughs> but, uh, his crayons his crayons <laughs> uh, but he you know they said they, they are a great team and I said I think they bring out the best in Jeff Johns I really do I'm not trying to give him like a backhanded compliment because I think he did a great job here but I just think some, some people when they work together are more than the sum of their parts and I think that's the case here so I am yeah. really thrilled with it. I think everybody was. I looked at the general consensus. I think everybody seemed to say, wow, this was really great. This was the, the, a great first chapter. And as a intro chapter to a multi-part storyline, you know, it needed to be really good. Because if you read that first chapter and it's underwhelming, you're like, oh, God, you know, six issues of this. Right. And it really kicks off really well. And you're like, wow, I want to read part two, which, of course, is coming up in a couple minutes. You know, another panel that bears mentioning is the aircraft carrier impaled through the building it, it, it covers two pages like the top two-thirds of the page and you know the you know the colors uh, the, the building smoldering the it's been the ship is just impaled into the building it's really powerful stuff you can see the tidal wave you know shearing around the buildings going up and down the streets it, it's a scary scary panel i mean you know if you think back to 9-11 and you know think giant machines going through buildings that kind of stuff it i mean it's this is scary stuff. Well, I mentioned on the shrine that, that I mean, Jeff Johns couldn't have planned this because I'm sure he had to do this long before, but watching a couple of major East Coast cities get flooded, 
um, has a you know an extra resonance. Oh my gosh! After Hurricane Sandy, and you know it's 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 nice that um, you know instead of like laser cannons or some sort of complicated science fictioning machine, Atlantis is simply going to flood cities because there's only so much Superman or Wonder Woman or any of them can do against millions of gallons of water. Yeah. You know, and so, and as of course everyone knows in real life that that can be ultimately the most damaging thing than anything else. And so seeing it here, it's like, great. Yeah. It's, it, it's got a little more of a, um, kind of grit to it because you're like, yeah, this could actually happen. Well, not the Atlantic, not the Atlantean part, but you know what I mean? It, as opposed right. to, you know, it's like Atlanta, Ocean Master's not sending some giant monster to attack. Yep. Although that would be cool too. Um, well, I think that's coming next. <laughs> I think it's coming next. But immediately the initial attack is just, let's just flood a city. Well, there's, you know, there's, like, that's the kind of problem that Superman's powers and Wonder Woman's powers are not necessarily suited to dealing with. Um, well, one of the things, I'm sorry, did I interrupt you? No, go ahead. Okay. One of the things I think they're trying to build towards telling, probably without saying it, uh, you're going to have to sort of read between the lines to pick this up, but I, I'm sure one of the underlying themes behind this storyline is how, remember Flashpoint? Aquaman was king of, of Atlantis and Flashpoint, and he flooded Europe. Right. So I think there's some very purposeful parallels here showing how Orm is really, you know, Aquaman and Orm aren't all that different. It just when put in a terrible situation, they both would do the same thing. Hmm. So I think you're, it's a little bit of dark mirror, you know, of Orm is the dark mirror of Aquaman or is, you know, sort of like the Flashpoint Aquaman. And I think that's part of what the story is. Without really saying it, they can't say it because Flashpoint never happened in this universe. But I think that's in a very intentional thing. Hmm. I don't know if you had thought about that. or No, or, not at all. I really, to be honest, Flashpoint left my mind the minute it ended. Okay. <laughs> I, I think since both are written by Jeff Johns, I think that this is, I think this is a very purposeful parallel. Interesting. And can I say, we've also been talking about the proposed Justice League movie, and it's, it's going to be Darkseid as the villain, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> to me, this would be the storyline you do for the Justice League movie. Mm. I know I'm biased, because, of course... Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> now, it would make a great movie, but I think you'd have to have a successful Aquaman movie first. Well, yes. I, I still don't think they should do an, a Justice League movie before they do the individual movies. But I'm saying, when you if you were going to build... A movie based off a comic book storyline, I would skip the dark side thing and do this. But I, I could agree with that. I'm just saying, if for, in, for someone to grasp into the story, they'd have to already be connected to Aquaman as a character on the yeah. screen. But, no, but, no, yeah. no, absolutely, I agree with that. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I do have to wonder. I think I think we need to seek a little further and wider on people's reaction to this comic because, like, I've seen also a lot of commentary of people saying this is the best Justice League issue yet. You know, Justice League finally just got good. I mean, all those kind of different things I've read. But I'm probably a little closer to the Aquaman community than most people. So it's like uh, maybe I'm reading biased people. So I'd be interested to see what the rest of the world is saying about Justice League, you know? Mm. Well, like I said, yeah, I, I, don't, I generally don't seek out other comic book reviews because it, it's just not terribly relevant in, in my mind. It's like I, I, either I enjoyed it or I didn't. But I was, I, I was curious to see what the people see. And the reviews for this one seem to be more universally positive than the previous Justice League issue. So... Awesome. Uh, I think they got a winner on their hands here, and it's a great idea bringing the guys aboard. Man, such a good comic. So, um, okay, we're going to take a break, 
and you're going to listen to a little song about the Justice League from an old power record. It's something we read before, but I love it anyway, so I'm going to run it again. <laughs> and uh, when we come back, we will talk about part two or chapter two, whatever you want to call it, installment two of uh, this story, which takes place in Aquaman number 15. Call the roll, call the roll, call the roll, call the roll, call the roll. Of America, Superman, here, Aquaman, here, Wonder Woman, here, Flash, here, Metamorpho, here, Plastic Man, here, and Batman, here, yeah, here they come, hey, look out, jump into Justice League, the Justice League, superheroes all always on the ball, it's the Justice League, the Justice League, it takes big trouble with a capital B, a super colossal calamity, a tremendous, stupendous catastrophe, to bring them all out swinging, and when they're swinging, man, they're bringing big trouble with a capital P for any suit up super enemy, on earth or in space or land or sea, hey do they put on a show, anywhere the four winds blow, when they get the call, watch them go, the Justice League, yeah the Justice League, oh the Justice League. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our regular program to bring you a special broadcast direct from the secret sanctuary of the Justice League of America. Addressing the council at this emergency meeting is Superman. Fellow members of the Justice League, the world is under attack at this very moment by the most powerful forces man has ever seen. Creatures from space, monsters from the depths of the earth, and criminals operating right within our cities, and they must be destroyed before they destroy the world. Operation Lifesaver is in effect as of right now. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on. The Justice League is coming. Here we come, hey, look out, chum, it's the Justice League, the Justice League. Superheroes all always on the ball, it's the Justice League, the Justice League. There's big trouble with the capital B, a super colossal calamity, a tremendous, stupendous catastrophe. And here we come out swinging, and when we're swinging, man, we're bringing big trouble with the capital T for any super show anywhere the four winds blow when we get the call watch us go the justice league yeah the justice league oh the justice league that's the justice league all right guys and we're back and we're ready to talk about aquaman number 15 but before we do that Shag, you wanted to read uh, something about Justice League? Yeah, well, you know, I had said I wondered what people outside the Justice League, outside the Aquaman community, was saying about Justice League. So I did a quick uh, Google on reviews and over at Comic Book Resources review by Doug Zawiski, uh, who, we, who we actually know. Zawiski. Uh, what's that? Zawiski. Uh, Doug Wizzywiki. Um, <laughs> 
I don't think he listens to the show, so I'm not too worried. Anyway, uh, he was gave this comic four and a half stars out of five, praised it the whole way through, and I like this one line. i got to read it. It's uh, talking about the Justice League comic. It may have been sinking fast, but Justice League appears to have regained its seaworthiness in, with just one issue. There you go. <laughs> Everybody loves water puns. But, you know, but he's saying exactly what we've been saying. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, was people really, they, they scored a home run with this one. Nice job, Yes. Though. Um, so, anyway, so yeah, part two of Throne of Atlantis, or chapter two, whatever you want to call it, is, took place in Aquaman number 15. Again, as we mentioned before, this is the first um, multi-book crossover, uh, le- you know, Aquaman-centric crossover um, in the character's history, in DC's history. They've done... You, you, know, you, you didn't feel like Millennium Giants was Aquaman-centric, or...? Um, <laughs> so, anyway, this... This is also the, the this issue number fifteen is also the debut of the new art team, written by Jeff Johns, of course, and then the art is Paul Pelletier and inked by Art Tiber with some assistance by Carl Kiesel, which is always a good thing. Um, number uh, this issue again, we're gonna go real briefly through here. Um, issue opens with uh, Gotham being flooded and kind of a nice parallel to the Justice League where Volko saved Lois Lane. Here Aquaman saves Commissioner Gordon and Harvey Bullock from drowning, which is a nice uh, open, big splash page of him rescuing the two of them. They talk with Batman for a little bit. Uh, Mira shows up again uh, looking uh, gorgeous, and she tries to control this wave that's about to hit Gotham City by forcing it all back into the water, which almost makes her pass out. It's a nice moment for her. Um, Superman and Lois Lane uh, examine Volko using his X-ray vision. Superman sees that uh, Volko's not even really classically human. So Wonder Woman's like, oh, I think he's probably Atlantean. Um, Volko wants to find Aquaman, and he tries to get up. Superman is like... No, wants no, to fight Aquaman. Find Aquaman. Find Aquaman. Like, I'm sorry, that's what I meant to say. He wants to find Aquaman. He tries to get up. Superman's like, oh, you're basically, you know, wait a minute, old-timer. And Volko gets a good shot in at Superman, knocking him across the room, which is great. That's wild. I mean, he literally, yeah, he hit Superman, <laughs> and he goes flying and smashes into that's a wall. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The old man being kicks some ass. Um, Wonder Woman puts her sword up to his neck, and basically that slows him down for a moment. Um, Batman and Aquaman talk in Batman's Batboat or whatever, and we get a little bit of history of what happened to Atlantis in the year, in these sort of intervening years. And um, Aquaman mentions that Orm actually peaceably, peaceably stepped down the throne uh, of Atlantis and for Aquaman to assume it. But this faction of people in Atlantis didn't like this sort of half-breed taking over. So they uh, changed the laws to reinstate Orm back as the leader of Atlantis. So Aquaman, after that point, sort of felt like a man without a country. And he talks about how the Justice League is this group of, you know, this sort of family that he has that he didn't have before. Um, which, you know, only underscores is why Mira should be in the Justice League. Um, somebody shoots some missiles at the bat boat and blows it up, and they, of course, escape. Batman goes through so many of those things. Um, <laughs> they they all meet back at the Watchtower, where Volko is there, and they bring up Volko as well. Um, they talk about how um, they are, everybody's at the brink of war, and they're trying to figure out who redirected those missiles that were fired in Justice League number 15 to hit Atlantis. Somebody redirected them. And then we cut back to the Mid-Atlantic, and we see the trench escaping. That's not good. And finally, um, we're back up, back up at the Watchtower. They talk about how they want to try and see if they can uh, 
stop the war really before it gets started. So Aquaman says, let me talk to Orm and see what I can do. And the Justice League sort of is like, Superman and Wonder Woman are not for that, but Batman sort of says, all right, let's give him a shot. Aquaman and Orm talk, and they try and stand down from the war. Um, Superman and Wonder Woman and Batman are watching all this, and in the middle of the conversation, they show up and basically say, this isn't working. Um, We're going to have to step in here. Aquaman says, no, no, no. Let me try and handle it. The Justice League says no. And the book ends with Aquaman (laughs) grabbing Batman by the throat, saying, you have forced my hand. Um, Yeah. Which is to be continued Justice League number 16. So, you know, wow. (laughs) I tell you, that's a pretty dramatic ending. Yeah, so that was great. He's going to lose his membership card for that. Um, Yeah, they're going to yank that sucker. Yeah. (laughs) He's going to have to go join JLA after this. He's going to have to... Oh, the other Justice League. Yeah, he's right, going to have to exactly. the, the cast off Justice League with Catwoman and all the other ones. The Vibe one. The Vibe League. Is he in that? Oh, hell yeah, he oh, is. Oh, Lord. Oh, That's why he's getting his own books. Vibe and Katana both are getting their own books. And so wait a minute. League Vibe one. is going to be in two books? Yes. Oh, my Lord. That's what I've been talking about all this time. Welcome to the conversation. <laughs> I don't listen when you talk. Um, are you even talking right now? Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, this this issue is like said, the, the, the debut of the new Art Team, Paul Pelletier and Art Bear. Art Bear is a nice combo with Paul Pelletier. I thought they made a nice uh, – whoever chose him to to do the inks, I think that was a really good choice because I think he brings a little bit of extra grit to, to Pelletier's work, which is, is nice. And, of course, the issue was colored by Rod Reese. He's back. So that, that helps too because the book looks you know like, like kind of what it did before. So, is it the Carl Kiesel ink the last few pages? Is that what it is? Or? I don't. I don't think it works. I don't think it was necessarily broken up pages like that. I think it may be that Kiesel was maybe brought in to do backgrounds. That's typically how that stuff works. But yeah, but I don't. Well, know. do do me a favor. Go to not the last page, but the second to the last two pages, where Aquaman's yelling back and forth to Ocean Master. Right. That was inked by somebody else. Okay. Look at look at the dark lines on around Superman's jaw and and. Everyone else compared to the rest of the lines on all the other pages. These two pages were definitely inked by somebody else. And, I, and it doesn't look like Kiesel or T-Bert, or mm. T-Bear to me. Okay. Well, I don't know. I guess we could try and find out. I know a guy who runs an Aquaman site. I can ask him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have asked. I've tried to track down Paul Pelletier for an interview, but uh, he's kind of hard to get a hold of. He doesn't uh, He doesn't have, like, a blog or anything like that. So, But, of course, we do want to talk to him. If anybody out there is listening and knows how to get in contact with him, please put in a good word for us. Um, well, I agree, though. Him and, him and uh, T-Bear make a great combination. They really do. I've been a fan of T-Bear for a long time, back when he was in Dan Jurgens, back in, like, I don't know when that was, probably 89 or something. Um, and to see his work here over Pelletier is, uh, or Pelletier, how do you say it? Pelletier. Pelletier uh, is really nice. So, And yeah. I, didn't know Jim, I didn't know Jim Gordon had red hair. I, I didn't know that uh, during the New 52 he had gone, they went with the younger He's Jim Gordon. He's a ginger. He's a ginger. He's a ginger. Well, I guess Barbara Gordon is, so why not? Um, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a, a good second installment. It's a little more talky than the than the previous installment, but they did want to get into the Aquaman backstory of stuff with Atlantis and things like that. I like the idea of Aquaman saying, you know, let me see if I can talk all this down before it gets out of hand. And then the Justice League showing up kind of like a bunch of scolds being like, you're not handling it. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what they did. <laughs> And, I mean, it's a nice it's a nice bit of character development. And, you know, these guys don't know each other. I mean, they've been working together for a while, but 
they don't hang out with each other the way, say, the old Justice League and the you know seventies Justice League did, where they were all friends and they socialized. So they still, I mean, it's kind of like people you work with. You know, you know them, but you don't really know them because you only see them in this one context. So in a lot of ways, these guys are only seeing each other in these sort of crazy world-threatening context, so they don't necessarily trust Aquaman as far as they might if they knew him more personally. So when he's saying, I can handle this, they give him, like, two minutes. I mean, basically, <laughs> they really don't give well, him a lot of time. Well, there's also, it's kind of this whole thing, like, the world's being threatened by his shtick. You know, so it's like, okay, you're handling, you, you say you're going to handle the situation, but, you know, this is all kind of your people and water and, like you said, they don't necessarily trust him, so they're like, I think we need to make sure what's going on here. Right. And he doesn't help his case by this last moment by grabbing Batman's windpipe. All right. I will say, as much as of a fan of Aquaman, you know, if you get into, like, we're superhero because the better fighter kind of thing, Aquaman probably shouldn't have been able to lay a hand on Batman. Hmm. Just saying. Interesting. It depends on your philosophy of Batman. Um, since the 1990s, he has been defined as the world, like one of the world's greatest fighters. I personally prefer to Batman. I prefer to think of Batman as the world's greatest detective, not the world's greatest fighter. But that is what he is nowadays. According to who's so, who, he's a superb hand-to-hand combatant that exceeds Olympic level. <laughs> Your power of recall is very impressive, Thank sir. <laughs> um, so I don't know that him getting Batman around the throat, unless Batman was letting him. Uh, Maybe Batman was letting him, just sort of like, all right. I don't know, he, he's falling backwards, actually. Batman is falling backwards right. and looks stunned, so I don't think he was letting him. But anyway, <laughs> it was Aquaman's sneaky water hand. That's what that was. Yes. Um, it's interesting. We have not seen Flash in either of these issues. Well, they mention him. They mention him, but I mean, we don't. They, we haven't seen him so far. The, this this Justice League crossover is just these four characters for the most part. We see Cyborg briefly in the Justice League, but well, it makes for a tighter story too when you have less characters. Mm. I mean, we haven't, we haven't seen Red Tornado yet either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, or or Gypsy, but anyway. So or or this Az. So uh, we don't know if we haven't seen Gypsy. She could be hanging around. She's Ooh, good camouflage. And Yaz could be there too, and he's just under every frame because he's only like two feet tall. So, <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell I was going to say now. <laughs> uh, yeah, he just went off in a totally crazy direction. I um, apologize. All right, who who fired the missiles? Come on, speculation time. Uh, I, uh oh, I don't know. I didn't. You don't even have a guess. I didn't know it was going to be a quiz. Um, I, I, it's, it's, I'm assuming it's some, you know, as to yet revealed Aquaman villain, but we don't know yet. I don't know. The scavenger, possibly? They've been layering that character in, so it would, it would not... Not heavily enough, though. No. I, I'd say it's gotta be Ocean Master or Black Mana. Well, it's not Ocean Master. Well, uh, maybe. Well, I guess it Why could not? be. He, yeah, he wants Atlantis to start a... That's true. I'd prefer it not be Ocean Master. I'd prefer him to be sort of the Namor... Kind of, uh, he's attacking because he feels it's right. Right. You know, not that he's engineered this situation. Right. Yeah, I don't. Gosh, he is. Oh my gosh, Orm is like Namor. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I don't think it's Ocean Master. I don't think it's. I said I, I, I haven't really thought about it too much, uh, but I don't. I don't think it's him, and I, it's not Black Mana because I, you know, he's in jail. But yeah, still. he did that. All. But. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. So I said, it, it, and maybe it's some other bigger villain that we have not revealed to this point. But it's, Bla- it's Blackjack. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. If they part. <laughs> Those of you who don't know, Blackjack was a really joke of a reoccurring Golden Age villain. <laughs> yeah, 
He was really Aquaman. He was Aquaman's number one foe, but a really pathetic one. And his plan, yes. his plan always involved beating, hitting Aquaman in the head and then dumping him into the water, which somehow that was supposed to stop him. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I'd, I'd say Jeff Johns is, should bring him back. Absolutely. So, bring him back. so is Orm carrying the big, big magical trident, or is he carrying his normal trident? That's his normal trident. Okay. Yeah, that's All his right. normal trident. So, like I said, this is going to make a hell of an action figure line. The Throne of Atlantis action figure line. Well, that'd be the third in the series, right? The third in the series? After the others and just the Aquaman family. Yes. So, <laughs> the, wave, wave three will be the war. Wave, wave three. Wave yeah, three. Throne of Atlantis. That'll oh, a, Lord. It'll be a playset and you can fill it with water. That would be awesome. So, a couple of questions after reading this. You know, was Aquaman only king for a few weeks? Is that what I'm reading? I don't know if it was a few weeks, but it obviously wasn't a whole lot of time because the, the people of Atlantis didn't take to, or that faction of Atlantis didn't take to him too well. Yeah. Um, two comments about Batman. Apparently, the new 52 Batman talks a lot. Like, the scene where they're in the plane, good lord, Batman's got a lot of word balloons. Like, <laughs> you know, in, in the pre-new 52 Batman, like, everything, you try and boil it down to a single word, a single syllable if possible was kind of that Batman. <laughs> and here he's just got text upon text upon. I was like, wow, he likes to talk nowadays, apparently. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I this re- is a more talky issue than the, than the Justice League one, no doubt. Well, I just meant Batman specifically. But yeah, yeah. So, it's like I didn't know Jim Gordon didn't have white hair anymore. I mean, I always knew he was a redhead. I meant, like, I didn't know he didn't have white hair anymore in the New 52. So right. I think that's cool that he's got red hair. Um, also, Batman gave up his plane a little easier than I normally would expect him to. What do you mean, like, gave it up? Well, he's like, oh, we've got missiles. And then they're jumping out of the plane. <laughs> and it's like, normally Batman would be like, evasive mover number 73 alpha. When you've got that much money, you could just build more of these things. It doesn't matter. Uh, let's see. I'm going through my notes as quick as I can here just to do this. Uh, Batman says, Volkos is close to family I have left. That's a quote. Volkos as close to family I have left. Oh, except for my wife. Well, but he means in terms of like a blood, Atlantis. Because Mira's not from Atlantis. Mm-hmm. So that's what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's good that she didn't hear that. Right. I, that's what I'm saying is, you know, if I said that in front of my wife, he'd be like, oh, well, that's, <laughs> that's the only family I have. She'd be like, what the hell? Enjoy really? the couch. I, I'm right here. <laughs> uh, then with the trench, that's King Trench, isn't it? King good Trench. Thing. Remember, well, a long time ago when the French first got introduced, you and I were talking, and you said that you really liked that there was a – it was just a race – of beings, and there wasn't like you know a king of the trench. Yeah, it looks like there and is. Then, and then the next issue, someone showed up as a leader of the trench. <laughs> he had a big scar on his face, and we kept joking that we were calling him King Trench and all this. And now here is a trench with a giant scar on his face. I'm right. thinking, oh, it's that one that Aquaman battled us back, I believe. Yeah, I think I believe that's what we're supposed to see. And then uh, I already mentioned the parallels between Orm's plan and Aquaman's plan from Flashpoint. But another way to look at this too is. This is really sort of like Aquaman's version of Batman's Tower of Babel plans. I don't know if you remember the Tower of Babel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Batman made a plan to take out the Justice League. You know, Aquaman made a plan to take out the surface world. So it's sort <laughs> Just of the in same. case I have to. Right. It's sort of the Tower of Babel philosophy coming back to haunt Aquaman now. So that's a, that's a, Yeah, that's an interesting idea. I never thought of that, but you know, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I said it, it makes Aquaman, you know, that much seem that much more... Uh, powerful and threatening you know it's like hey man i have a plan to wipe all you people out if i have to <laughs> and then if he absolutely has to he grabs a neck you know he's right more hands on aquaman will choke a bitch <laughs> <laughs> uh 
That's someone needs to make a meme of that there panel. You go. Yeah, it's Aquaman will choke a bitch. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm very excited. This is that this is a, this has been a lot of fun. These two stories and and uh, you know kind of fun having them so close together. I mean, maybe I wouldn't have put them out in the same week. Man, it would have been nice to put them out in staggering weeks, but um, you know, because then we have to wait like another month for another installment. But uh, but it's it's cool. You know, I said I'm thrilled that Aquaman is leading a major book crossover. This is the first time this has ever happened to the character. And props, total man props to Jeff Johns and DC for putting him front and center like that. He deserves it. Uh, but but it, they were the ones who did it. So you know, kudos to them for doing it. It's making for a great story. How, how many parts is this? Is this like 16, 17 parts? <laughs> yes. It's going to run for four and a half years. Um, no, I think it's six parts, I thought. Seven? So... Okay, so we would get probably three issues of each plus the prologue? I thought so. I think it's something okay. like that. So, yeah. See, I like that. I mean, you get a nice long story. You get a six-issue story, which makes a nice trade, yep. but you get it done in three months. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's, that's a little more palatable. Uh, I do think nowadays we're in a, a very consumable society that we can get, you know, our TV shows every week. We can get, you know, anything on the Internet almost daily that uh, a monthly comic is, is sort of a slow pace to build a long story. So getting a six-issue story done, done in three months, I think, is probably a smart move. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that entirely. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it's, uh, you know, it's great. This is a great – this is really like a golden age to be an Aquaman fan. It really, really is because he is being treated quite well. By, by almost, al- almost like a king. Almost like a king. <laughs> almost like a king. All right, one final question. There was that big teaser at the end of the first Aquaman storyline, I guess it was, where it was like, who sunk Atlantis and all that? You know, we found out that that was the king of Atlantis, the first king had sunk Atlantis, but was there any dangling plot threads from that that may be layering into this, or am I... I can't remember. I don't don't think so. I don't remember that. I don't remember exactly whether whether there was any sort of plot things from that. I didn't think so, though. Because, like, I remember there was this, the sigil that they put in the water and the Atlantean holograms would appear. I guess that was all tied into the first King of Atlantis, maybe. Because no, they, they talked about the trench. I don't know. I mean, we may have to go back and look at that, see if there's anything layering into it here. So, just wondering if there's any dangling plot threads we've forgotten about. Any Claremont moments that are still out there. <laughs> Once again, we don't prepare before we record these shows. <laughs> I read the comics. <laughs> <laughs> I put pants on. What do you want? So, I did not do that. I, did not. I am wrapped up in my uh, DC Comics Snuggie, though, because it's so freaking cold in Florida oh, right now. Oh, shut up. What it is, is. What is it, like 62? It's in the 50s. Oh, in the, it's in the 50s. Poor in the baby. morning. Oh, oh, in the morning. Oh, shut up. I had to wear pants every day this week. You know, it's a good thing you guys have nice weather, because otherwise, who the hell would want to live in Florida? It's crazy down there. We just don't know how to vote. You don't know how to vote. You got people just you just shooting people randomly. It's crazy. Oh, it's just. It's, it's got, I like to think of it as the wild, wild east. You got alligators. It's crazy down there. It's absolutely crazy. Okay, you know what? I hear that a lot. I hear people go, <laughs> "Oh God, oh!" As, as if like they're everywhere. Like I can't I walk. I think to the, one of them's the a mayor. I think of a what? I think one of them's a mayor down there. There's a there's a a, a mayor that's an alligator. Yeah, he's elected mayor. I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. Jesus, what the hell? Uh, this is a conversation for another time. This is not Australia where every animal wants to kill you. <laughs> uh, all right. Maybe, we're our, really... maybe our, 
our listeners from the other side of the world can tell us if it's as dangerous as we imagine it is. When you watch a sh- just so you know, Australia and New Zealand folks, whenever you watch a show in the United States, a wildlife show, they talk about the world's most dangerous animals are always in y'all's part of the world. And they literally make it sound like it's like a death trap to live in that part of the world. <laughs> so I'd love to hear from Keith and our other friends from down under if it's really that way. Yes, and after that digression, now's the perfect time for our plug. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was off, a little off. The after our dis- <laughs> digression about Florida and Australia and being full of criminals or whatever, now it's time for our plug. Uh, like I, we mentioned at the top of the show, we have our first ever sponsor, which is popfunk.com, which Woo! is – yes. Which is a um, not well manufacturer and seller of T-shirts of uh, superhero and merch and uh, um, no no awesome superhero t-shirts. awesome superhero T-shirts yes so they have arranged we have arranged a special deal uh, for you guys with for fire fire and water fans first of all through the month of January you can get ten percent off using a coupon code so you go to Pop Funk and when you go in for the coupon code enter in the code. Firewater 10, and you'll get 10% off all Aquaman and Firestorm t-shirts through the end of the month, Uh huh. which is very exciting. Um, and also, uh, with this episode, uh, popfunk.com is going to be giving away two t-shirts, one Aquaman and one Firestorm, to randomly selected fans. We're just going to pick our favorite people, but okay. Um, that is so not true. <laughs> But anyway, um, we're going to get – we're going to give away one Aquaman and one Firestorm t-shirt. And the way you enter is you have to leave a comment on either Firestorm Fan or Aquaman Shrine related to this episode. And all you have to do is just write like Aquaman t-shirt or Firestorm t-shirt just to indicate which t-shirt you would like to win. Now, if you would like to win either one, you can put both. But um, that's the way, you know, in case we, when we do pick the winner, we'll know that we can – we're rewarding somebody an Aquaman shirt. Or a Firestorm shirt, which is their preference. So that's all you have to do is just write, you know, Aquaman shirt or Firestorm shirt in a in a comment on either one of our sites, and then you will be entered in the drawing to win the free T-shirt. Props to anyone that can cleverly work it into a paragraph. That would be great. Yeah, I'm sure Frank will, <laughs> Frank will just make it a bullet point, you know, like Omega, he'll, you know, Firestorm. He'll, he'll do a thesis. He'll do a thesis. Probably. on Superhero T-shirts. <laughs> yes. So so anyway, this is our our like a first. Anytime any sort of company has um seen fit to sponsor us and we really hope this is like the beginning of of uh of a great relationship with Pumpfuck and maybe with some other companies if we can get some other people involved so you know please you know uh, if you are ever interested in buying a firestorm t-shirt or an aquaman t-shirt go to pop funk check out their selection and order a shirt use the promo code that way people know that you're listening to the show and leave comments and, and said it i think we'll probably announce who's who won the shirt in the next episode Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to do it again for the next one. We're gonna, they're, they're giving away two sets of shirts for two consecutive episodes. So, so you got you got four chances to win, folks. Absolutely. It's a, sort of our gift from Pop is a gift from Pop Funk and our gift to you guys, the listeners, as a thank you. Uh, we're really I, I personally own uh, a Firestorm Pop Funk shirt myself that I wear very proudly. It's a great looking shirt. So uh, I think this is great. I think it's a great opportunity for you guys. And uh, use that promo code too. Yeah, absolutely. It's Firewater Ten. Remember that it gets you ten percent off any Aquamator Firestorm T-shirt. So we said we thank the good folks at PopFunk.com for, for sponsoring the show. This is very exciting. We're really, really happy about this. Woo! Woo! So um, I think that's going to wrap it up. Like I said, we're not going to do listener feedback this time. We're going to do that. We're going to do a gigundo selection of um, listener feedback. Shaggy, look forward to collecting all that uh, for, the next, <laughs> for the next episode. And then we're going to cover Firestorm number 15 uh, in the next uh, episode. Oh, 
Hells yeah, Hells we yeah. are. Oh yeah, yeah. Great cover on that one. But we'll get. Oh my gosh, we'll, was... we'll go on and on about that next next episode. So I got I to tell you this real quick since, since before we hang up. So I'm in a comic shop last night. There's this big event in our na- in, in Tallahassee. Um, whoops, now you know where I live. Anyway. Uh, alligators I'll, elected mayor? <laughs> where the alligators elected mayor. That's right. And Detective Chimp helps the police. <laughs> so anyway, there's this big event called First Friday. It's down in – it's an artsy part of town. And my comic shop happens to be in there too. And the first Friday of every month, they have a huge sort of big party. They got bands, all kinds of shows, all kinds of stuff going on down there. So we went down there last night with my kids. And we're walking through the comic book store, and my, my 13-year-old doesn't go to the comic book store very often anymore. He used to really be into it, not so much anymore. Oh. And he's walking around the store, and he picks up a comic or two to flip through. And what comic does he pick up? Firestorm to flip through. And he didn't even know what he had in his hands. The cover jumped out at him so much, he's flipping through it. I'm like, yeah, you made a good choice there. And he flips to the front, and he's like, oh, gosh. He didn't even know he had Firestorm. Uh-huh. That's how powerful that cover is. He was buttering and- you up. And I'm going something. to tell this story again next week, too. He wants something from you. <laughs> no, he's, he was there with his girlfriend, so he was trying to be cool. He failed there, then. <laughs> oh, thanks for that note. Well, I'm just saying, you say, like, I want to be cool to pick up a comic book. I don't see the cause and effect there. But. Oh, she reads comic books, too. Oh, great. Like, Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, hold she on to her, the, Shag Jr. She reads more than he does. Well, oh, my God. We've got to get her on the show. <laughs> She's 12. Well, it'll be like having Frank, then. <laughs> that is the note I want to go out That's on. Absolutely. Right there. We've so, been building that joke all night. So um, we, you can find um, Aquaman Shrine at AquamanShrine.com and on Facebook and on Twitter and every six months on Google+. You on Pinterest yet there, sister? No, I'm not on Pinterest. <laughs> We're working on that. You can find Firestorm Fan at FirestormFan.com. You can find us on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Tumblr and Google Plus. Where can they find the Fire and Water Tumblr again? Uh, it's uh, fireandwaterpodcast.tumblr.com. The email address is firewaterpodcast um, at comcast dot, uh, comcast.net. And uh, we're also going to provide links in the show notes to the Pop Funk pages, which is just popfunk.com, but we're going to have the specific links to the Aquaman shirts and the Firestorm shirts. So you can check them, check them out and see what the kind of stuff they got. And as I said, please enter the contest. Please, please, please. Fire Water 10. That's your discount code over at Pop Funk, folks. That's right. Now through January 31st. That'll get you 10% off Firestorm shirts and Aquaman shirts. Awesome! Let's have an army of people wearing Aquaman and Firestorm t-shirts. That's right. All right, folks. That's going to do it for now. So uh, continue to fan the flame and ride the wave. Aquaman and Firestorm fighting crime together. Soak them down or burn them up. No one does it better. Whenever you find trouble, they'll always be there to catch them in a bubble or even torch their hair. Stand for truth and justice and see on land and air. Firestorm and Aquaman, they make a super pair. Aquaman and Firestorm, super friends forever. Yeah! Am I seeing things, or is that a wall of water going up from the ocean to the sky like an illuminated fountain in reverse? You're not seeing things, Jim. That's just what it is. Aquaman! Hi, Jim. Pete. And Mera. What are the king and queen of Atlantis doing out here? 